now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. Tech Guide. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 210. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views and reviews. Thanks for listening once again. Thank you also for downloading and you first time listeners, we're glad you found us and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au and I've just arrived in New York for Samsung's Unpacked event where we are expecting the unveiling of the Galaxy Note 7. Also on the show, Apple sells its one billionth iPhone. Vodafone introduces prepaid roaming packs. And how many Australians have smashed their smartphone screens? In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the LG X-Boom Freestyler party speakers and also look at the latest wave of 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc movies. And we'll wrap it up as we always do with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, as I mentioned, I've just touched down here in New York, and the reason I am in New York is for Samsung's Unpacked event. It will take place August the 2nd local time, uh, August the 3rd early in the morning, I think 1am August the 3rd uh, Sydney time, so Eastern Eastern Standard Time. And what we're expecting to see, I think it's it's pretty pretty much the cat's out of the bag. I think Samsung are already talking about the device. It's the Galaxy Note 7. Now, I hear some of you already saying, but hang on a minute. Did it, wasn't last year's device the Galaxy Note 5? Why are we skipping 6? Well, I think Samsung's naming convention is one behind its other flagship devices, which you'll remember earlier this year was the Galaxy S7 and the S7 Edge. So rather than keeping that other flagship device, the Note device, a number behind, they're going to skip six entirely, and they're going to go straight to seven. This this isn't the first time a company's actually skipped a number. If you think back to Windows, uh, we did have Windows 8.1, and then all of a sudden we had Windows 10. So it's not unusual for a company to skip over a number that they they want to miss out. Uh, in this case, the Galaxy Note 7. Now, what do we know about the device? Well, not much. Uh, we'll obviously tell you more in next week's podcast when we've actually been to the event and actually done a hands-on of the product. But if you believe the rumors, we're going to be seeing a 5.8-inch screen, a quad HD display with 2560-1440 resolution, uh, running Android 6.0.1, 
and 6 gig of RAM, which is uh, probably as much as what a lot of people have got in their laptop computers. It's also going to have the fastest Qualcomm processor. We understand this. These are just speculation. Nothing's been confirmed. And also a graphics processing unit. So you can expect this to have the punch of a laptop, the way they're talking. Uh, camera megapixel, I think, is going to be 12 megapixel uh, with uh, internal memory of 64 or 128 gig and hopefully a micro SD card expansion slot. So uh, that's all we know. Don't know the battery size. Don't know whether it's going to have a USB-C port or a regular USB, micro USB port. So all those questions will be answered. Don't know whether it's going to be waterproof like the Galaxy S7 or S7 Edge. So these are all questions that we're obviously going to have the answers to once the event takes place uh, in, a, in a few days' time. But uh, stay tuned to techguide.com.au. That's where we're going to post our report from the launch as well as posting a hands-on look at the product. But uh, we, we, we have just arrived. It is a couple of days away, and Samsung, they don't do anything by halves. They, they do make a, a big spectacle of their events. And you, you think about the timing here. We're a couple of months from Apple announcing their latest iPhone as well, which we're expecting to be the iPhone 7. So you're going to have a situation where the, the Note 7 and the iPhone 7 will take the Galaxy S7 all the major phones are going to have a seven in the name once uh, b- before the end of the year. So uh, that's if Apple continue to con- to go up. They might skip a number themselves. You never know. But we're not expecting them to do that. We're going to, we're expecting a, an iPhone seven as well. And like I said, you can check out all of my news and my hands-on review at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, we did mention Apple uh, a moment ago, uh, the iPhone 7 coming in a few months. But before that, Apple last week announced they sold uh, quite a milestone. They, they sold their one billionth iPhone, which is remarkable considering that the device was only released nine years ago. It's already nine years. 2007 was when we saw the first iPhone. It was released in June 2007, June 29 to be precise. And I was one of the many Australians who purchased a US iPhone and unlocked it to use here in Australia. The first iPhone officially available for Australians was a year later, the iPhone 3G that went on sale in Australia in July 2008. That was followed by the iPhone 3GS in June 2009. The following year, 2010, and the launch of the iPhone 4 was probably the most controversial iPhone Apple has has released for a couple of reasons. The first being, if you cast your mind back, this was the phone that the website, the US website Gizmodo, found in a bar. So it, it, they they did a big story about here's the new iPhone and. and literally let 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 the uh lifted the veil off the the mystery that Apple had of this new designed iPhone that was coming and the I can remember I was actually in San Francisco for the official launch which took place during the worldwide developers conference in San Francisco and Steve Jobs got up on stage unveiled the iPhone 4 and jokingly told the audience to all stop me if you've seen this before referring to of course Gizmodo's expose with their the iPhone the the lost iPhone 4. But the controversy didn't end there. Once the iPhone 4 was released, 
it also had it, it, it the scandal and and I don't think it was quite big enough to be a gate. You know how when there's a big based on you remember Watergate scandal, any other following scandal, if it's big enough, they put a gate on the end of it. In this case, they've done it. They called it Antenna Gate. Now, what, what the problem was was. The iPhone 4, if you cast your mind back to the iPhone 4, it had a metal frame on the outside of the phone that not only held the phone together, so it was a very important structural part of the phone, it was also formed part of the antenna. So, But the problem was that if you held it in a certain fashion, you could reduce the signal strength. So you lose bars, strength bars of your phone signal. And there were customers reporting that if you held it in this death grip, uh, your calls were dropping out and all this sort of stuff. And got to a point where Steve Jobs actually cut a family vacation in Hawaii, cut it short to come back to San Francisco and hold a special press conference to demonstrate all the, the rigorous testing that went into the product and to also point out the fact that this this phenomena where you can grip a phone and reduce the, the strength of the signal is not uh, not strictly common, to, uh, not just restricted to Apple to, to Apple's iPhones. It just, it's a problem across the board. But anyway, they they did offer refunds if you weren't happy, and it it was it was quite the controversy. But Apple uh, were upfront about everything, and the iPhone went on to even bigger and better things, as we saw with the iPhone 4s, which saw the introduction of Siri, iPhone 5 and 5s. 5s introduced uh, Touch ID. The iPhone 6 introduced the larger screens and a new design, and the iPhone 6S introduced 3D Touch. The latest model that was released was earlier this year, the iPhone SE, which was sort of modelled after the 5S, and due later this year, as we mentioned, is the iPhone 7, due for release around September, October, and reportedly going to be even thinner, and it's not going to have a, a headphone jack. But a million iPhones have been sold, and it is remarkable because you look at other major industries that took uh, the amount of time it took to get reach a billion. In the car industry, for example, it took 131 years before there were a billion cars on the road globally. Personal computers, too, this is surprising, took 27 years to hit a billion units, which uh, which I'm always surprised by that stat. But you got to remember the iPhone was released 2007 when everyone had a PC and now suddenly they had a PC in their pocket with the iPhone and it went on to reinvent the smartphone industry, turned it on its head and it created the app industry, all of these things that we're seeing today and has now become an indispensable part of our life. If you want to read more about the history of the iPhone and Apple's one billionth sale, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Well, Vodafone customers are already used to roaming the world. If you're a postpaid Vodafone customer like myself, uh, I travel a fair bit, so I'm here in New York, but I was able to keep my phone number, my, my original SIM card, my Vodafone SIM allows me to roam in more than 50 countries for $5 a day. So whatever features my plan offers, I can enjoy in any of these nominated countries, including the US, Europe, Asia, for $5 extra a day. So on my bill, if I'm away for seven days, that'll be an extra $35 on my bill. 
that's all, was only available to postpaid customers. Now, if you're a prepaid customer, Vodafone has come to the party as well. You're not getting $5 a day roaming, but what you are getting are these add-on packs that you can include on your plan. So if you're planning on traveling, rather than looking around for Wi-Fi, trying to buy a local SIM card, you can take along your own Vodafone prepaid SIM and just pay either $25 or $35 to add more data or more calls and texts. So I've listed them all on Tech God. I'll go through them just briefly, the top of the line, the top line uh, figures there. For 25 bucks, you can choose to either have 100 meg of data and 30 minutes of calls, 30 texts, and that expires in three days. Or you can choose 200 meg of data on its own, again, expires in three days. If you want the seven-day add-on, you can choose to spend 35 bucks, and for that, you get 250 meg, 60 minutes of calls, and 60 texts, seven-day expiry. Or if you just want all the data, you can have 500 meg of data for 35 bucks, and again, expires in seven days. So uh, really easy if you're a Vodafone prepaid customer now to travel with your number. I've listed the countries that that you can do this uh, across Europe, Asia, uh, North and South America, Africa. They're all there. There's more than 50 countries there. But if you're uh, rather than having to shop around for prepaid, uh, sorry, sorry, a, a, a local SIM card or looking for Wi-Fi. It's not always available. Some countries it is, but not, not every every country. You do have the option of, of buying this. You need to enable roaming on your number before you travel, and then you can prepay and purchase these add-ons, and then they're activated once you arrive at your destination. You want to for, find out more about those plans from Vodafone, those prepaid roaming add-ons, you know where to find it, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, it's a uh, very phone-centric episode uh, today, so uh, we're going to continue that with our story about, and admit, hands up if you've done this, smashed your smartphone screen. It's surprisingly common. The number of smashed smartphone screens in Australia, nearly one in three smartphone users have admitted to smashing their screens. That's according to a study, a survey by finder.com.au, they interviewed more than a 1,000 Australians about their smartphone habits and found that a third, nearly a third, 28% of smartphone users have cracked the screen. And it's no wonder that all those those kiosks are popping up in shopping centres. You see those, the, the repair places to, for your, to repair your smartphone screens while you wait. It's become a major industry because you think about it, there's 31 million active mobile phone accounts out, out, accounts out there. This is in Australia alone. And that amounts, if you take 28% of that, you're looking at 8.6 million screens. Now, I think a screen on average is about 100, 120 bucks, up to 200 bucks, depending on the size of the screen. That's quite a lot of money that we're spending repairing our, our smartphone screens. And it's funny how the they've also broken it down into which age group is more likely to have a smash screen or to smash a screen. Only 10% of the oldest people survey, you say you're talking about your over 40s, 50s, 60s, only 10% of those people have have smashed a screen. Compare that to Generation X and you're talking 25%, one in four Gen Xs have broken a smartphone screen. But that's nothing compared to Generation Y. Gen Y, 46%, that's nearly half have broken their smartphone screen. So anyone who's listening today who's got teenage kids, I've got I've got three three kids that 
one's still a teenager, two are still teenagers, and they've all had smash screens. So you, the, you, you know where I'm coming from. People, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with, with teenage children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The, very simple advice on how to protect your smartphone. The most simple thing, and the easier said than done, don't drop your phone. It is easier to say, but the next thing you need to do is have a case on your phone. Put a protective case. Case might cost you hundred bucks, probably less, but it it reduces your risk. It reduces the chance of you dropping your phone and picking it up with a smash screen. So invest in a case, and you'll find that you'll have less smash screens. And touch wood, I've had a smartphone since, as I said before, I bought the, one of the first iPhones in two thousand seven, and have had an iPhone or all the smartphones I've used, never smashed a screen. Touch wood. I'm touching wood right now that it won't happen to me. But if you want to read more about that survey, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. There's lots of valuable stuff that are on our devices and our computers. You think about it, family photos, videos, important documents. But imagine not being able to access these documents from your own computer. They've been encrypted and impossible to retrieve. Well, that's a reality, unfortunately. That's called ransomware. This is a malware that locks you out of your own files and then demands that you pay up or lose access to them forever. And the bad news is ransomware is on the rise here in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. So what can you do? One thing you can do is use Norton Security Premium. It's a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware by identifying and warning you against dodgy files even before you click and backing up your files from your PC to the cloud so you'll always have a copy of everything if any anything goes wrong. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. Now, I love a Bluetooth speaker. I, I do like listening to music out loud rather than through headphones or earphones. And there's so many Bluetooth headphones, oh, earphones, uh, oh, sorry, speakers, Bluetooth speakers on the market, as well as Bluetooth earphones and headphones. But there are a lot of Bluetooth uh, speakers, and usually they're little, little speakers, fit in your hand, fit on your desk. But what about if you want to go bigger? Go big or go home, I say, and LG has answered that call with the X-Boom Freestyler FH6. This is a massive set of Bluetooth speakers. It's one big speaker, but there are four drivers inside and a subwoofer. It stands nearly a metre tall, and this is the life of your party. This has a, a combined output of 600 watts, which is pretty big. And one thing that I've listed in my story, the only con I could think of is that your neighbours are going to hate you because you're playing your music too loud. This beast of a speaker, it's the FH6. It is has Bluetooth, of course, so you can stream your music and you can play all your favourite songs as well as pair two other devices via Bluetooth. So say you've got a couple of mates over, you can not, you can take turns streaming your favourite music. So you can have a little little DJ party, if you like, streaming your favourite music to the speakers. Now, these speakers are big 
and the sound is also big, as you'd expect from a speaker of this stature. So don't think you're going to get a really dainty, really detailed and and tiny sound. You're not. You're going to, they've, they've erred more on the side of sound and volume rather than detail. So you, you look, that's not to say it doesn't sound good. It sounds great. But this is meant to be enjoyed by people who are a metre away and 20 metres away. So it is going to put out quite a sound. There are two 300-watt two-way speakers. There's an 8-inch subwoofer under the hood as well, and that's a bone-rattling combination of 600 watts of output. You can choose to lay it. uh, You can have it standard up vertically. You can also lay it on its side, so in horizontal mode. It will actually adjust as you play. If you're playing music and you switch the speaker, it will pause for a second and actually adjust so that the output suits the orientation. So it goes left and right or top and bottom, however it does it, but uh, a really handy little feature for the FH6, but it doesn't end there. This is a multi-talented device because if you uh, if you've got to be an inner DJ, you like to express well. This can also help you as well because you can. There's a platter on the top, and you can spin it around sort of get the scratching happening. There's also effects as well. You can add some beats and samples and all that sort of stuff, and really uh, sort of add some more to the music if you wanted to do that. Uh, I should also mention that apart from having great sound the speakers the uh, the X boom freestyler also puts on quite the light show the drivers they they glow uh, several different colors there's a white strip of LED lights in the middle as well and they pulse to the sound of the music so if you are at a party you can even pair a second X boom freestyler to together so you can have two of them have them side by side and they the, the light show is provided through the speakers I, I quite enjoy just sitting in a dark room and just letting the speakers illuminate the room listening to our favorite music this that, that was quite an enjoyable experience but the other features too if you fancy yourself as a bit of a singer this has also got a karaoke function so uh, there is a feature there's two mic inputs and a feature that actually removes the vocals from the music so if you're playing a song you, you you hit this feature and the vocals will disappear so all there is is the music and then you can then belt out the tune your own version of the song yourself so you can sing along to that as well uh, there's other the, the the other DJ features you can do that sampling that I said as well so you can you can actually record and mix different different samples you can also use this connected to your television imagine this as your soundbar imagine the, the, the punch this is going to add to your movies and to your games so the F, FH6 if you if you happen to be using an LG smart TV you can wirelessly con- combine the speaker to the TV you can connect it wirelessly if you just got a regular smart TV or another brand smart TV you can use a cable as well and and they're also pretty good value $599 and you do get a lot of speaker you, you look at some smaller speakers that might be 399 349 they fit in the palm of your hand this is 599 and it's massive and they sound great and and have that light that they got the light show functionality the dj functionality the karaoke functionality you're getting a lot of bang for your buck the lg x boom freestyler is definitely the life of the party if you want to read our complete review you can check it out at techguide.com.au Well, there are even more 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray discs available. Now, if anyone who's invested in a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player, uh, there's currently a Samsung model. There is a Panasonic model coming as well. 
And there's going to be the Xbox, the new Xbox S that will also play 4K movies. So several devices already on the market. And of course, you need a 4K TV or a 4K projector. And you need a HDMI cable to complete the chain and be able to play this movie, the movies in their full 4K resolution. Now, Roadshow Entertainment have just released some titles and some pretty big titles. But I reckon one of the biggest titles to hit the format would be Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. And it's not any old version. This is the ultimate edition with an extra 30 minutes of running time. So there's plenty of extras, extra, extra movie. So more bang for your buck. It's, it runs at about three hours now, the ultimate edition. I did watch it. Looked amazing. Really... Just, just so the only the, the best word I can use to describe 4K is pristine. It's so sharp and clear, uh, and you will notice a difference from Blu-ray. It's actually four times the resolution of Blu-ray. So if you think Blu-ray is good, wait till you get a load of 4K. It will knock your socks off, and especially if you're running a 4K television, you've already got all these pixels ready to ready to go. You've got a 4K disc, 4K player, and you're going to see every single one of those pixels come to life. The other titles includes, and this was a smart release from Roadshow, Man of Steel, which is kind of the movie that comes before Batman vs Superman. So if you are intending on buying Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, I'd recommend watch Man of Steel first. Because Batman v Superman kind of picks up where that where that fini- that leaves off, so that's a great double feature. Man of Steel into Batman v Superman, uh, you'll really enjoy that continuity of that story there. But the other titles aren't uh, aren't to be sneezed at either. Creed, starring uh, Michael B. Jordan as Apollo Creed's illegitimate son, who's also a boxer naturally, and Sylvester Stallone reprising his role as Rocky. This is an excellent film. It earned Sylvester Sloan an Oscar nomination. He also won the Golden Globe for his performance, which was excellent. So you can check him out in 4K. The other title, also featuring Sylvester Stallone, is The Expendables 3. And I think every other action film star on the planet happens to be in that film as well. I'm talking Jean-Claude Van Damme, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis. I think Harrison Ford is in this one. Mel Gibson's in this one. Everyone's in this one. It's uh, definitely worth checking out in 4K, which not only looks good, but also sounds good. A lot of these, I think with the exception of Creed, they've all got a Dolby Atmos uh, soundtrack on it. So if you've got the new Atmos processor and your Atmos setup, Atmos requires speakers on the ceiling or front speakers that can bounce a signal, the sound off the ceiling down onto the the viewers. That's what Atmos does. It provides atmosphere. You get it? Atmos is short for atmosphere. Sound coming down off the ceiling. 4K on the screen. It's all happening. 4K. Get into it. There's new roadshow titles. So you've got Batman v Superman, Creed, Expendables 3, and Man of Steel, the latest wave. And there will be more. It's a, there are more and more appearing on the shelves in stores. So check Check them out. Definitely worth investing in a player if you do have a 4K TV. So check those out. You want to see any more of those on Tech Guide? You can do that. Techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And if you want to get the fastest speeds available, then you need the Netgear Nighthawk X8 AC5300 Smart Wi-Fi Router. 
this is a big device. It's got speeds of up to 5.3 gigabits per second and tri-band Wi-Fi. It can even automatically put your device, depending on what you're doing, on a 2.4 gigahertz band or one of the two 5 gigahertz band. So it can deliver more Wi-Fi to more devices. The Netgear Nighthawk X8 also has four external active antennas. You can tell them because they've got a nice blue light at the top. These four internal antennas combine with the active antennas and they amplify your Wi-Fi range. Smart Connect intelligently selects the fastest Wi-Fi band for every device. And with ReadyCloud USB access, you can have secure personal access to USB storage from anywhere. The Nighthawk X8, it's the next wave in Wi-Fi. Learn more at netgear.com.au. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk today, I thought I would talk about the new uh, Apple iOS 10, the iPhone iOS 10 and Mac OS Sierra operating systems. The reason I'm talking about them on the Help Desk is because I'm going to tell you how you can download and use those new operating systems on your iPhone and on your Mac today. You can do that from today using the Apple Beta software program. It's pretty simple. I'll put a link at Tech Guide where you can simply head over to the Apple Beta software program page and register your device. You choose whether you want iOS or Mac OS Sierra. And in the iPhone's case, you'll receive a profile. So once you're, you need to do that on your iPhone, so go to the site on your iPhone and it will give you a profile to install on your device. Once that's done it, it'll restart, and then you go to General, go to Software Updates in the Settings. So Settings, General, Software Update, and you should see iOS 10 Public Beta sitting right there for you to download and install. Uh, similarly for the Mac, you enroll your Mac, and then you'll see, once you've done that, you'll go to the App Store on your Mac, and there you will find the Mac OS Sierra Public Beta ready to download. But before you go on, before I talk about all the new features, our favorite features anyway, before even if you're thinking about this, before you do a thing, you need to do a couple of things. First of all, consider which device they're going to go on. Now, if you are if you only have one iPhone and one Mac, just remember that these these uh, operating systems, while they're pretty stable, I've been using them for a couple of weeks. They are very stable, but there may be the odd glitch, the odd feature of an app or app that might not work on the device. So just keep that in mind. If you are using this on your primary device, just th- just remember that that could happen. Might not happen, but it might it could happen. So. Keep that in the back of your mind. Second thing, before you even install anything on your iPhone or on your Mac, back them up first. Do a full backup. You just never know what happens. It's it's unlikely if anything's going to happen, but it is pretty good. Just give yourself some peace of mind knowing that you've got a full backup so you can go back to exactly where you were before you did the update just in case something goes wrong. Okay. They're the warnings. I hope you listen to the warnings. If you want to go ahead, I highly recommend it. These are excellent new operating systems. Let's first talk first about iOS 10. Several new features. I'm going to talk about three or four here now. Uh, You'll notice a lot of difference. Uh, Aesthetically, it doesn't look too different, but you will see a different style of notifications. You'll also notice that your phone comes to life just when you simply bring it up to look at. 
So rather than you having to hit a button to wake the screen up, it will wake once you lift up the phone. What this allows you to do is to see your notifications. If anyone's using an iPhone, normally the first thing you do is put your put your finger on your Touch ID button and you, you might see for like half a second there's a notification. You go, oh, hang on, what was that notification? And trying to find it again, it's not always possible. Now, all you need to do is just simply lift up the phone. You'll see all your notifications there, and you can interact with those notifications using 3D Touch. So you can go in, answer emails, answer messages, reply to all this, do whatever you need, and still haven't unlocked your phone. So using 3D Touch, that's possible. So that's one of our favorite features, that the ability to to look at all your notifications before you've actually locked your device. And 3D Touch, if you're using an iPhone 6S, 6S Plus, that's where you've got 3D Touch. Uh, the next big change you're going to see is with your messages. And you can choose now different styles of message. You can send it with uh, full screen effects like balloons and laser lights and fireworks and all that sort of stuff, or, or confetti. Or you can choose bubble effects. So you can send the bubble. So rather than the bubble just appearing, it appears with a slam or it expands or it's uh, there's invisible ink. So if you receive an invisible ink message, you need to ru- you need to rub the screen, touch the screen to reveal the message. Just adds a little bit of fun to the messaging process. But yeah, the, the messaging I think the reason they're doing this is because they I think that they're they're seeing a lot of competition from from uh, from apps like Snapchat and WhatsApp and, and where messaging has kind of come off uh, the the text the text messaging on the phone and gone into these new apps. Now with these effects, I think Apple want to create this uh, the, these features to to bring people back to sending each other messages through their very own messaging app. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, uh, there's app, the app developers have got a lot of access now to, to things like Siri. They've also got access to messaging and also to Maps. So within Messages, Maps, and Siri, developers can now incorporate those features into their app. So, for example, if you're in Maps and you want to try to work out how long it's going to take you to get there, you might be able to, within the Maps application, book an Uber, a, a, an Uber ride or book a restaurant or books of movie tickets, things like that. Uh, also with Siri, you might, you might uh, developer might uh, make it so that you can open the app using your voice and perform some functions of that app simply by using your voice as well. So the integration of those major Apple features are now available to third-party app developers is really exciting. So when this is out officially in a couple of months, you're going to see a lot of apps ready to go with, uh, with, the, with those features in mind. Also, the new Home app. This is brand new. This is a uh, an app that allows you to to aggregate all your smart home devices in one place. So if you've got a smart camera, smart lights, and all these other home automation products, the home the home app, if they're created, if they're compatible with Apple's Home Kit, it brings it all into one place. So rather than you diving in and out of different of apps to access your products. It now puts them all in one place, so you can create, combine them to do things together, set scenes, and and access all their features all from the one place. Looking at Mac OS Sierra, now there's uh, several new features here as well. The auto unlock is a pretty cool one. So if you've got a, a MacBook where if every time you log in or every time you open the computer, 
you need to type in a password. Now, if you've got an Apple Watch that's uh, been authenticated, it's, that, that it knows it's your Apple Watch, simply having the Apple Watch near the computer authenticates that, so there's no need to type in a password. And, and it works in really close proximity, like within less than a meter of the of the computer, because you don't want the case where if your phone, you might be walking around with your Apple Watch in the room or in, in your office, and people can open your computer because your your watch is nearby. It has to be really close to the computer. Continuity is another feature here where you can now do things like cutting and pasting between iOS devices and Macs. So say you take a photo on your iPhone, you can then access it from the clipboard on your Mac as well. Uh, and, and you can also now access your desktop and documents folder in iCloud. So whatever's on your desktop, or that's a common place where we store things is on the desktop or in the documents folder, you can now access through iCloud as well. Siri has also come to the Mac. So imagine all that functionality with the iPhone now is on the desktop. So you can do things like search for the web, search your files, search for set reminders, calendar events. Uh, That's all done using Siri on the Mac as well. And uh, finally, Apple Pay has come to the Mac as well. And what happens here if you go to, we do a lot of our shopping online and on a web, on a browser. And if you come across a site that accepts Apple Pay, well, how do you scan your Mac on a, on a, on a uh, purchase, on a register, on a terminal? You don't. Once you hit Apple Pay, it will then wake up your iPhone or Apple Watch and you authorize that purchase through the Apple Watch or, Apple, or the iPhone. And it's same security. Your credit card details aren't shared with the stores. There's a one-off token that's shared for that transaction so it's safe secure and fast that is the apple beta software program if you want to take part of written a story that gives you step-by-step instructions on how what to do with each of your whether it's your iphone or mac you want to use and you can find that at techguide.com.au And that's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. Special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And a shout-out to Norton, our other sponsor, the company that can help keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then... Stay safe and stay connected.